Hi, this is Rob Silverstone, and you're listening to The Rob Silverstone Show. In today's episode, we're going to talk about networking. No, this is not the act of running wires from a computer room out to outlets or computers around the office building. This is about good old-fashioned reaching out and speaking with other human beings, that type of networking. What is the purpose of networking? Well, I'm glad you asked. So mainly, people use networking to build contacts for some kind of future purpose. That could be to build your customer list or your client base if you're a salesperson or a business development person. That could be to seek out job opportunities if you are new to the job market or you are already working and you're looking to change your job. You could also use networking to learn more about businesses or potential job roles that you might be interested in the future. I would separate that from seeking current job opportunities. And finally, you might use networking to cultivate either a mentor-mentee relationship or some other kind of advisor-advisee relationship that may be beneficial to you at some point down the road. By the way, you could be the mentor or the advisor, or you could be the mentee or advisee. Networking can work in both directions. Some people take great satisfaction in helping others, especially in avoiding mistakes that they themselves have made in the past. And some people just love to teach. So why is networking more beneficial than other types of research or connections? It doesn't mean, by the way, that you shouldn't do other type of research if you're looking into potential clients or potential employers or whatever the purpose is. It's just that having an actual conversation with another human being can be both very time efficient and can help you redirect or alter what you're seeking or what you're asking for as you respond to the discussion, as to the questions you're getting from the person on the other end of the phone, or the other end of the table, or the other end of the WebEx or Zoom screen. So, it may be that you'll develop a personal or professional relationship that can then be nurtured, uh, and networking is the way that that starts. Where is the best place to network? Well, if you're doing this for your job, then probably in your office or at your desk, if you have a workstation but not an office, is the best place to start. If you're doing something that's outside of work, then my advice would be do it outside of work. So if you're looking for another job, don't do it on your current employer's nickel. Do it at home when you're not working or during non-working hours for the most part. If you need to network about getting another job during work hours, and sometimes that's unavoidable, then you should be taking a break from work. Maybe it's a 15-minute break. Maybe it's your lunch break. Maybe it's a coffee break. But don't give your employer the impression that you are actually working for your current company when in fact you are spending half an hour or an hour trying to get a job at another company. You don't want to shortchange your current employer. That could come back to haunt you. Uh, just as a picture is worth a thousand words, and I'm sure you've heard that cliche many times over, it's also the case that an actual conversation is worth a thousand emails. So don't rely solely on emails to talk about yourself, to get your point across, to do networking, when in fact it could be that a face-to-face -face or on the phone or a Zoom conversation can take you a lot farther, a lot faster. I'll say it again. Having a good old-fashioned conversation with another human being in which you can hear and hopefully see each other, whether in person or on a screen, 
is far more beneficial and far more efficient than just sending emails back and forth or the horrors sending text messages. By the way, I strongly discourage you from using text messages as a primary mode of conversation in the business world, in part because people may read the message and then forget to look there again for follow-ups, where emails are more efficient because your emails are sitting in a list or they can be sorted into a folder so that it's easier for the person to go back and read the email later. Doesn't mean you shouldn't use text messages for anything. Text messages do have a value, primarily an informal one. I just discourage you from using text messages in the work world because of the ethereal relationship of text messages to your ongoing organized reality. So, the best and most efficient way to network is to plan the discussion or at least a few talking points or a few questions in advance so that you're not wasting the other person's time and you're sharing information in a proper and hopefully even mutually beneficial way. In fact, when you're having that conversation, you could change directions based on real-time feedback, not just body language, by the way, but also the other person's level of interest in that particular topic, the other person's knowledge, something you may learn during the conversation that may cause you to take a fork in the road to explore one aspect further and actually put aside some of the other aspects, at least for now. But you never know where a conversation will lead. And it's easier or more efficient to determine the emotional aspect of the conversation if you are hearing the other person and especially if you're looking at the other person. If you're just sending text messages or emails back and forth, it's sometimes hard to discern the tone. So that's why I strongly encourage people to have actual listenable conversations with others when it comes to networking. So what's the best place to get started and how do I actually make network connections in the first place? Of course, you can start with friends and family. Let's say you're trying to develop a bigger client list because your company sells widgets and you want to find companies that might buy widgets to use in their process for whatever their products are. So you can ask your friends, you can ask your family if they know of others who might be appropriate. You can ask your work colleagues uh, who would be best to talk to at some of these companies. Maybe you have a predecessor or a boss who used to have your job, and that person might be able to help connect you quickly to others who might be beneficial both within your company and without outside of your company. If you're networking to look for a job, then you might ask your family and friends whom they think would be good to speak to, A, to give you general advice, and B, to give you specific advice about specific corporations. Don't discount the value of a professional social media resource such as LinkedIn, which is my personal favorite when it comes to work-related networking. LinkedIn is great because not only, as with other social media, is it self-reported information about the other person, his or her background, where that person works now, where that perhaps where that person went to school, but it's also good to seek out people at other companies that you might want to talk to, either for client or business development purposes or for job search purposes. Let's say in a job search, you've identified a few companies that you'd really love to work for. Even though you're not ready to switch today, it might be good to start cultivating relationships with some of those people at that other employer in the hopes that you can jump ship down the road if and when the right opportunity presents itself. So how do you do that anyway? Well, let's say you work at 
Dell computer and you really would prefer to work at Apple computer. That's fine. Uh, your Dell bosses might not be so happy about it, so please don't do this during the workday. Do this in off hours. So let's say your particular role at Dell Computers is quality control testing. Every computer manufacturer has quality control testers, of course, though the actual job title might be slightly different from company to company. So you could do a search on LinkedIn to try to find out people at Apple with the title quality control or quality assurance or manufacturing approvals, uh, etc., when you find those people, try to find the highest level person possible at that company, in this example, Apple. Then reach out to that person on LinkedIn and say, hey, I work at your competitor. I'd love to talk to you about business one day as I'm interested down the road in working at Apple. Perhaps we could get together over a cup of coffee. When you use a phrase like cup of coffee, it implies that you're going to meet with that person for 15, 20, 25 minutes, not for an hour. There are many busy people out there who would be happy to speak with you if it's a brief conversation, but don't want to be involved in an open-ended conversation that might take an hour and a half or two hours because they just don't have the time to give to that kind of activity. And by the way, as I say this, always respect the time of the people that you are networking with. So if you set an appointment, be there on time or maybe even a little bit early. Do not be late. If the appointment is supposed to be for 15 minutes or half an hour, as it gets close to the end, remind the person, thank the person for the time that has been spent, and remind the person that you only have a half-hour meeting. You don't want to take up too much of that person's schedule today. The person on the other end of that conversation will respect you more greatly because you told the person you respected that person's time. If you keep talking and you don't even give that person a chance to interrupt to cut the meeting short, you're doing yourself a disservice because that person won't be so inclined to talk to you a second time. And one of the key things about networking, by the way, is you can expect in your career to talk to the same person more than once, especially if you're seeking out advice and a mentor, or you're even networking about a future job for which there is no current job listing. You might want to reach out to that person again two months from now when the appropriate job listing shows up on that company's career website. Hey, Sally, remember I spoke to you two months ago? Well, now I see a job that I think would be perfect for me. Could we spend 15 minutes talking about it, perhaps on Tuesday on the phone? By suggesting conversations in the future, being flexible about your timing, and giving a duration of the expected conversation, you're doing your together respecting that person's time and showing that person you'd love to have her advice or her help. And that can mean the world to people and the difference between whether they'll actually respond back to you or not. So let's look at other places in which you could network to meet people who might be helpful to you in a current job basis or a future job basis or for whatever task you feel networking would benefit you. Attend industry trade shows or conventions or other large gatherings because you never know whom you'll meet Often people have name tags. Sometimes there's even a list in advance of the attendees so you know whom to seek out. Uh, attend lectures or take courses or go to job fairs. You might meet other people in the same boat as you who might be helpful in talking about their backgrounds and what's, helped, what's worked for them in the past. You might meet somebody who in the future could end up being your hiring manager who hires you. You just never know. Always be kind and respectful and polite to the people that you meet because you just don't know down the road who's going to be whom. It could be your boss someday. 
the worst thing would be to bump into somebody, step on the person's toes, not apologize. And then six months later, you get a job interview for your dream job. And the interviewing manager is that person who says, oh, I remember you. You stepped on my toe at that event and you didn't even apologize. This conversation is over. You don't want to be that person. So be careful out there. In addition, um, seek out current people at your potential future employer for another reason. A, because they might be able to refer you to others at other companies that you didn't even know, and that could be helpful for you in your networking process too. And B, because if there is a job listing down the road, even if the person doesn't respond to you today, if you respond, say, two months from now to say, Hey, Mary, I reached out to you a few months ago, but we didn't have time to get together. Now I see this job that I think would be a great fit at your company. Could we talk about it? reason I say this is many companies have job referral programs where not the hiring manager, but somebody else refers you into the company for a job. That, mu- that person might get a bonus if you're hired. It might be a couple hundred dollars, might be a thousand dollars or more, especially in the tech world, by the way. So you never know when you're reaching out might benefit that person financially, which is yet another reason you don't want to step on any toes or burn any bridges. So how much time should you spend networking? Well, like many other investments in life, it really is a function of what you're going to hope to get out of it and what are the alternatives. So let's say you're networking because you're trying to build a client list. That's something you would do during working hours because you're doing it to enhance your current job. Uh, That said, there's only so many hours in the day to network to try to find future clients versus cold calling versus servicing your existing clients. So you have to be careful not to spend too much time on the wrong task or else your bosses will note that your productivity has gone down. If you're not in sales or business development, then most likely your networking is about looking for a future job. Now, if you're currently working, you do have to be careful about how you spend your time. As I said, you don't want to detract from your current job. And if you're able to network, at least initially, in non-working hours, that can be helpful. Let's say you're sending messages through LinkedIn uh, or emails uh, just to reach out to people. That's great. But when it comes time to talk to those people, they may only have time to talk to you during work hours, which, as I said, if you have to do that, then let your boss know you're taking an extra long lunch break or you have to take the afternoon off or whatever it is, just so you're not doing something for a future job while you're supposed to be performing your current job. You don't want your company to get rid of you because you are not being productive uh, because it's harder to find another job when you don't have a job than when you do have a job. We'll, we'll talk about that as well down the road, but I just wanted to state that. So if you have an existing job, don't blow it, in other words. So it's also important um, you know, to try to figure out uh, if you're selling something, for example, when to back off. But that could also even be the case if you're networking to try to seek out a mentor or to get help in finding a new job. Don't reach out constantly every hour on the hour until the person calls you back because the person might get annoyed that you're clogging up her inbox. And for all you know, she may be off today and just didn't turn on her an out-of-office message. Uh, So in any event, reach out periodically, but not too often. My advice is don't reach out more than once or twice per week, either by email or phone call or, in certain cases, messaging. 
uh, if you're not getting responses. You don't want to annoy the person, and the person may have something else going on this week, a pressing deadline, an urgent work matter, even a family matter, so the person's not going to get back to anybody this week. And you don't know that, of course, but don't assume the person's not responding to you just because of you. Follow up in a measured, careful way. You may note that if you send somebody something, it only text, takes 20 or 30 seconds to read, and that's fine, but if the person's super busy and gets, let's say, 5 to 20 of those notes a day, the person might set them all aside to deal with during her lunch hour, after work, on Friday afternoons, and you don't know that. So if you send a message, hang tight. I would say between your first message and your second message should probably be at least a week, just in case. Obviously, between your second message and your third message could be less than a week, but again, be careful not to be a stalker. And by the way, part of the networking process, I, I will call it a, an organizational mathematical aspect, but you don't have to be good in math to do this, is keep a list. Why do you keep a list? Because it's hard to keep track in your brain of people you've never met or only met once or only seen the name written once and never met. Uh, it's better to keep a list because that will help you stay organized and down the road you might get a question that you want to be able to answer quickly. If you've kept a list, you'll be able to answer it quickly. If you haven't kept a list, you won't be able to. Trust me, I know this. I've been there. I've been networking for the better part of my life. So on that list, and it could be in Microsoft Excel, it could be in Word, it could be in Apple Notes, it could be in whatever your favorite program is to organize data, include the name of the person and the name of the employer of that person that you're reaching out to, the phone number, the email address, uh, how you became connected in the first place. For example, did you find the person through LinkedIn or through a Google search? Did your cousin Fred refer you to that person? Did your former boss tell you to reach out to his former boss? Um, keep track of who referred you. Keep track of the date you reached out, the date you followed up, the dates of actual meetings, uh, the general topics of discussion when you did speak or you did meet, what kind of questions you raised, also what kind of questions that person asked you, if any. Uh, if that person told you a story about her cousin who had discovered accidentally the best job in the world, just take a few notes about that. So if you talk to this person again three months later and she starts to tell you the same story and says, let me know if I already told you a story about my cousin who found the great job, you can say, yes, you did tell me that back in April when we first met. It was such a great story. Um, and of course, in your tracking system, what are the important follow-up dates? So if you met with Virginia uh, at that big consulting company you want to work for, and she said, I'm really busy now, but call me back in April, then you know what? Write down in your tracker to call her back in April. There's nothing better than following up in exactly the way the person asks you to follow up. That shows that A, you listened and paid attention, B, you were organized enough when it got to the right time to actually follow up, and C, uh, you can remind the person of all that, that you wanted to be respectful of her time, and she said, since she said April, now it's April 2nd, and you're calling her back. Plus, if she remembers, she'll say, oh, that's great, I did tell you to call back in April. Thank you so much for being organized. Again, these are all purposes, reasons, for you to give a good first impression and a good second impression and a good third impression. Because at the end of the day, if this person ends up being the hiring manager, 
you want to make sure that she thinks well of your techniques, your efforts, and your enthusiasm. So as I said before, do not be a stalker. Be careful about the follow-up timing. Uh, do not be annoying. Even if somebody didn't respond to you, don't send messages every three hours or every single day. That just junks up your inbox. By the way, because of the job that I have working for a large media company, I get all kinds of outreach from people looking for a mentor-mentee relationship, people looking to network about jobs, people looking to try to sell me something because they think based on my job title that somehow I'm involved in the data or information technology side of the company, even though I'm not. And I must say, it's very interesting to see how they reach out to me. Some of them reach out and then they reach out again a week or two later. Some of them reach out literally on a daily basis. Uh, some of them are nice enough to ask, if you're not the right person, could you let me know who is at your company? Some of them assume that I know what the heck their company's all about and what they're talking about. Say, hey, I work at XYZ. I bet you'd love to hear about our services. So call me back and we'll arrange a time to talk. I don't know what XYZ does and why am I going to waste my time even responding in a case like that? I'm just too busy. So uh, it's interesting for me, uh, both as a past networker and as somebody others are trying to network with, to see those perspectives and how some people are so good at it and some people are just so bad at it. Clearly, they need advice from somebody who could tell them how to be a better and more successful networker. So how do you pay it forward after all of this? There are a few ways. When people reach out and it seems legit, take a few minutes to talk. You know, it might make you feel better or give you some degree of satisfaction that you're helping somebody else who may be a little desperate to find a job or maybe junior is just looking for advice or guidance. Um, I find that highly rewarding. And in fact, I also teach part-time at New York University. And I find that teaching, whether it's in that role formally or informally, as if I'm mentoring somebody or networking with somebody, I find there's a satisfaction in helping others to do things better and to help them save time. That does not mean I respond to every single person who reaches out to me. I do not have enough time in the day to do so. But the people who are persistent in an appropriate way, who I feel would actually benefit from my conversation or perhaps my advice, those are the people I'll respond to uh, or are more likely to respond to. For people just trying to sell something, especially if they haven't really done their homework and they've reached out to me and I'm not the right person, I'm not even going to tell them that because for the most part, they're probably reaching out to thousands of people at once. And if they're happy, if 10 people respond back to them. I don't need to give them that satisfaction if they're in sales. They're used to re rejections, of course. But if they haven't done their homework to realize from my LinkedIn job description that I'm not the appropriate person for uh, technology consulting and infrastructure building, uh, that they sh if they had just done their homework, they would realize and not reached out to me in the first place. I'm not going to teach them how to be better at that. So when you do talk to people or if you are networking, give the person that you're talking to or, or ask the person, if you're the one looking to network, for other connections that might be beneficial. It could be other people who could also talk about working at XYZ Company. It could be other people who might be future clients. It really depends on your purpose. But it's always good at the end of the conversation to ask the person if he or she can give you a couple of other names uh, and contact information, either email addresses or phone numbers. And then you can reach out to that person and say, Hey, George, Mary sent me, uh, wondering if you could talk to me about XYZ topic. If George is favorably inclined toward Mary, he might be more inclined to talk to you because he trusts Mary that she gave him 
people who are trustworthy in the first place. When you're talking to people in an advisory role, talk to them about the mistakes that you have made so they can learn from those mistakes. Be a little bit specific. It could be an anecdote. It could be a longer story. But if you talk about something that happened in your world that you learned that made you a better networker, then that may mean all the difference in the world to that person, or that may help that person learn that she's been taking the wrong approach up until now. And now by taking a better approach, she may be more inclined to find the job that she really wants and might love. Think about it this way. If you were the hiring manager, what would you tell the person who is networking with you? Like, What kind of advice would you give? And by the way, I know you're busy and you don't have lots and lots of time to talk to somebody who is reaching out to you to network. How do you cut it short if the person's not being respectful to your time? One way could be you say to the person, hey, you know, it's great. I'm happy to give you some some time and advice, but I have a meeting coming up or a phone call uh, or an appointment that I can't be late for. So I'm going to have to cut this short. That's totally appropriate. And sometimes that's what you need to do to end the conversation, because after all, you're busy and some people will just talk and talk and talk until you put an end to it. They're not being very respectful of your time, of course, if that's what they're doing, but always look for an opening to end the conversation if you need to. Don't just keep listening because you're being polite and meanwhile making you late for an important work meeting or for a doctor's appointment or because you had to call back your husband to remind him to do something. Like You have a life too, and those people cannot take away from your life. So keep that in mind as well. You can be nice, but be firm. Finally, as part of the networking process, as I've said, please keep track of the people you talk to and whom referred you to that person. Let's say you walk into a meeting. uh, It's the third person you're speaking to at XYZ Company. And the person says, remind me, how did you get to me in the first place? And you say, oh, Annabella sent me. And the person says, oh, yes, Annabella, she's such a great person. I like working with her. That kind of opening can start a conversation on a high note. And that's really what you're looking for, is to have a nice, positive conversation with the person you're networking with in the hopes that you can get good information out of it. Maybe you can share good information with that person as well. Maybe you're starting to build a relationship which might last for the rest of your career, depending on the nature of the conversation. If you're in sales, you want to kind of ingratiate yourself with the other person in the hopes the person's more inclined to buy from you in the future, but you have to give the person a good reason to buy from you. It has to be a quality product. It has to be at an appropriate price. Maybe there's some negotiation back and forth, and of course, we have another podcast episode about negotiation. But keep in mind, the world of networking should be a mutually beneficial uh, process, and you should be respectful of the other person's time. I hope these lessons have been helpful for you today. Uh, Once again, this is Rob Silverstone from The Rob Silverstone Show. If you have any thoughts or comments, we'd love to hear feedback. So please send emails to rob at therobsilverstoneshow.com. Thanks again for listening and look forward to another episode.